we had to not only run campaigns, but we had to educate people on how to split their votes. Mm-hmm. The fact that you only get a chance to vote for, um, you only get five votes for seven seats. Mm-hmm. People don't understand that. Mm-hmm. And like, like I said, like people in the city don't know that there's Republicans on council. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. we had to do a lot of education mm-hmm. around how to vote for these two individuals. Mm-hmm. So it was, it was a lot of work. And do it you was, think that's uh, also on the part of, I'm sorry. And, go ahead, go ahead. And because like that really touched me because I feel like, that we have people in government now that people still don't know our voting process. Mm-hmm. And I remember back when, so as you know, so Andre and I, we talked about kind of our beginnings. And so I was a staffer in the 197th. Um, and we did more so events and stuff back in the day, more so block parties, events. But voter education was something in my thinking about. I don't even think we did back then, mm-hmm. you know? And I think it's really on the candidate in the office to really continuously tell people about the importance of voting. Absolutely. Um, and it's also telling people how to vote. Yeah, like, yeah, like, so yeah, we yeah. were running up against a machine that was telling people to vote straight yeah. ticket, right? Yeah. And the it was, thing- It was Republicans out there. It was really, the people, it was people working for like Republicans handing out vote straight ticket one. That's how I was like, oh, this is really real. Like, yeah, yeah, like yeah, it's, yeah, it, yeah. it was a real thing. Like, you yeah. know, and, and the thing is, like I've been having conversations. I have like a friends and stuff who worked on like other races. Like um, one of my friends worked on like Judy Moore race up okay. in the Northeast, right? And um, we talked about it like, what what we were able to do was much bigger than us. Mm-hmm. And we route the city It's up. much bigger than us. All of this is much yeah. bigger than us, like, right? Like we historic numbers happened on Tuesday. Over a million votes was mm. was counted for mm. on Tuesday, right? Like so, and not only just was Democrats excited, Independents was excited, but Republicans also. Mm-hmm. Like we, um, my political mind tells me that what Working Families Party was doing for Nick and Kendra also amplified up to the Northeast about the way that the Republicans turned out in historic numbers for mm-hmm. like. Uh, Brian O'Neill okay. and um, so like uh, Judy Moore had a win number like we had a win number and she hit her win number but for instance like um, Kendra she hit the win number Nicholas hit the win number before Tuesday a Republican in the city had not gotten 40,000 votes they've always been elected by under 40,000 votes so in our calculation if we were able to get Nicholas and Kendra 40,000 votes we would win mm. Mm. Nicholas got 43,000 votes. Mm. Kendra got 56,000 votes. If we look at the historic math, they both should be council people mm-hmm. right now. Mm-hmm. But because of the energy that we brought to this race, normally the general election for local elections are dead. Because, are dead. Are you dead. know what I'm saying? Like, but yeah. we brought an energy that had not been seen before, and it riled everyone up. David O got 50,000 votes. It did, and I'll tell you, and even before Tuesday, that people were still saying because it was a general election that people still would not vote. Vote, right. Oh, like, oh, just wait till 2020. Like, it's still a general election. People are still not going to vote. It's just a general election. That's the way it is. And that's the mantra that everyone had. Mm-hmm. I mean, but the numbers that I seen were, I mean, were very telling of something different. Absolutely. It, it, people want options. Yeah. And I, and I think that we've seen this time and time again but so many times those options fall short i.e bernie sanders 2016 because he fell short i believe people went right back to sleep because it's the same old same mm-hmm. old right. but 
Bernie Sanders has a base. Mm-hmm. He has a base that is unmoved, right? Mm-hmm. And these people are back out here right now. They're fighting for him again. And I truly believe had like Bernie Sanders became the nominee in 2016, we would have seen a different outcome. Wow. Because people would have been riled up because it's it's another option. We're not being forced to choose between the lesser of two. We don't have to settle for that. Right. But the thing is, we have to also be open to new things. People wasn't open to Nick and Kendra some some people wasn't because clearly at least fifty six thousand was open to Kendra and forty three was open to Nick, but it's because people don't know what it is. Yeah, people yeah. are just like, well, I don't know what that is, so I'm just going to stay stick with what I do know. And right. people still don't know what it is. And I think, and now that you are, I mean, and also like because you were a campaign manager, are you? now still i mean familiar with the party or are you still going to be involved before just because it's kind of my question is a little bit what we were just saying before we get sidetracked to that <laughs> real quick were you surprised at how many people of color were opposed to kendra and nick no no you that, that that didn't surprise me like i said like, i'm a lifelong democrat mm-hmm. right and we live in a city that's 89 89 democratic right mm-hmm. and people don't know another option and like i remember like being younger and think about the third party candidates like i remember in 2000 i was nine years old when bush was running against gore and ralph nader was running as a third party i'm like why is he running grandma he's not going to win yeah, yeah like yeah, nobody yeah. talks yeah, about him he doesn't true. come to the debates so it's coming from these households yeah. i understand what black and brown folks are being faced with and the kind of narrative that is being painted to us i was you know i was one of those people so I wasn't surprised. Um, and to go back to Bernie, we got Brittany Small. She said that she thinks some of Bernie's supporters are shifting to Elizabeth Warren, which I've seen a lot of candidates have been endorsing Elizabeth Warren. Uh, Warren. So. Well, I mean, I think I, I talk about this often too with a lot of like my political friends, and it's it's, it's challenging, right? Because um, Bernie and Elizabeth are, are closer, are much closer than Bernie and like a Biden. All right. So, I mean, Bernie, Bernie did so much work in 2016 to get this party to where this party is currently. And Bernie, he fought. He fought an un, a uphill battle with a lot of corruption within the DNC, yeah. a lot of bias. Um, and t- to see someone else benefit from that is is, is, is a little difficult mm-hmm. to watch, right? Mm-hmm. But the thing is, I don't take anything away from Elizabeth Warren because I think she's a great candidate. Okay. I think she has great ideas. I think her being a woman only helps. Okay. Um, so, I mean, it's it's, it's very interesting, but I, like I said, people deserve options. Yeah. Because Bernie did the work does not mean that Elizabeth Warren shouldn't be in a race with him. If my thing is, if Bernie is who Bernie needs to be, people will vote for Bernie. Mm-hmm. If he's not, they will vote for the, their alternative options. Mm-hmm. I think it's great. Uh, in 2016, the Republicans had 20 candidates to choose from. I don't see no issues why the Democrats don't shouldn't have 20 candidates to choose from in 2020. I mean, I agree with that too. I believe, like, I do think that it is a woman's movement now. I mean, but I'm a guy's guy too, so I am on that Biden Warren kick as well. Um, Wait, you like you like Biden? I mean, Sleepy Joe, you know, I mean, but, you know, I think his policies really are kind of very ancient. You know, I think he's not moving the needle as much as he should, but I do like his kind of stoic approach. Elizabeth Warren, I think that some of the things she say is too far out there. I think that Biden, um, I mean, when I was, I mean, when he came out and I was just riled up 
But then when I thought about it in practice, I always questioned, like, okay, how are we going to do that? So this is one of the things. All right, I'm glad you said that. So I was reading something. Again, this was about talking about Kendra Brooks, and I think it was a council person who quoted saying, like, they're going to still – they they feel like that they're still going to make progress in city council but be practical to, like, what can happen. And my thing is if we already – if we keep talking about that this system is racist, inherently racist, it's inherently corrupt, if we say, oh, we're going to be practical, that's, like, pretty much saying, okay, we're just going to – we got to take what we can get and just let this system be racist. So sometimes when I hear that, it kind of just be like – we got to be radical with our, we got to be radical. But, but you it's know. two separate things. It's being radical and then pitting in practice. So we could do all these things. We have all these ideas, uh, programs and all this and get everybody riled up. But then how will we implement that? Where will the funding come in? Who's going to think about that process in which a lot of us don't? A lot you of this stuff so is funny to bro, me. Call in just before, before you go. If y'all got any uh, opinions, call in 215-853-6803 again 215-853-6803 i'm sorry Andre. so the funny thing to me is is, is is a couple things right we live in a nation where we're taught the american dream is dream as big as you possibly can reach for the stars you can go there That's right true, yes. right but when it comes to the political system they say wait your turn it's not possible we don't have the funding only democrats have that conversation right because the republicans when they want to go to war they go to war no matter how much money is in the bank. And they will empty the bank out to bomb another country. And they've done it time and time again. Right. So it's just it's just it's funny to hear that narrative. And then we think about I think about as a as a black and brown person in this country, and I think about like Joe Biden, is 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 it that's the interesting thing to see the amount of black support that he has when he was the author of the crime bill that put two million black men in jail that that's interesting to me that's the interesting part but it's also because people vote for what they know yes because of his last name and because his affiliation with barack obama the first black president in delaware pe- being people feel Philly, him he's yeah. from Scranton, pa Scranton. so people are familiar with him he was a senator for over 30 years yeah. people familiar with him black people we vote for the enemy that we know yes that's and, true. And, and that's that's just that that is a fault of ours but that is the reality of the situation and dave in the democratic party has done a good job of capitalizing off of that mm-hmm. and like ryan said it's time that we don't continue to do business as usual i truly believe in third-party candidates i think that they, they need to be on a ballot that gives people an option um it, i mean if the democrats are who they need to be you don't have to worry about who else is on a ballot. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Like, so the mm-hmm. thing is, there's no need to like keep people away from the political process. I think when you include third-party candidates, it gets people who've never been involved in a, in a political process involved now. There's so many people like Kendra. She was the highest small donor candidate of this election cycle. There's so many people that donated to her campaign that come from Nicetown, where she's from, that never even thought about donating to a campaign before. Oh, speaking of that, could you please just explain that? I think a lot of black people even... See, this is what a lot of black people don't know. We don't know even how parties work, right? Like, we don't know um, machines and systems and who's who and who's for what. And then we start talking about things that we don't know. Mm -hmm. And then we tell other people and then they believe things that Mm -hmm. we don't know. So, I mean, so people have questioned kind of just working families party and really money and things that was going on in her heart. And I think that Kendra, I mean, from what I see, I think she's a good sister. But, you know, and I think that, um, that people are still kind of just like, what is Working Families Party? Is it a bunch of white people, black people? Who who are they? Like, are they in the city? Where are they from? So, 
it's, it's interesting that this has became like the work and families party, yeah. right? Because like when I signed on to work for Nicholas, I signed up to work for yeah. work for Philadelphia, mm-hmm. right? Um, and to my understanding, he's an independent candidate working with the he's running at, with the backings of the work and families okay. party, right? So like the work and families party. Them getting put on the ballot actually as working families party, it came down to like a technical situation okay. that was much higher than me. Okay. That we realized that like maybe like two months before the election, they're going to be actually listed under working families party. Because okay. when I got on the race, they were supposed to just be listed underneath independence. Okay. okay. So um, okay. I don't, we're, we're going to refer to Kendra Brooks as a working families candidate, but mm-hmm. she's an independent. She's a- so I, I don't. I'm glad you. you yeah, you want to say so that's yeah. that's a little different because the Working Families Party has been here prior to oh, really? Nick and Kendra. Yeah, really? because they they helped out Chris Rapp. Okay. They helped out Malcolm Kenyatta. Okay. They endorsed Helen Gim. They okay. endorsed Isaiah Thomas. Okay. Um. So you want to say like so? It's not like they're brand new. Okay. People are acting like they're brand new because okay. they ran on like a bigger scale this okay. time. Okay. Like they ran for a seat that has much okay. more impact than okay. the seats that they've advocated for before. Okay. That's. They just put more resources into this race okay. because of the unlikelihood of them actually winning. Okay, okay. That's okay. just the difference. You know, it's like, and that's in people, and, and some people I really feel like they know this, right? Yeah, yeah, they've, yeah. They've, they're choosing to ignore some of the reality so that they can paint the narrative the way that they want to paint the narrative. Right. And now being a person, because I think that when you run somebody's campaign and because you step from a job that, I mean, that was a full-time job, I mean, your heart is in it. And mm-hmm. so you know the heart of Nick and Ken, right? Mm-hmm. And, and so now, like, how do you speak to, I mean, somebody, so where do you stand now? Like, to somebody that, um, I mean, now, I mean, we're going into 2020, right? We're going into the state rep seats and all of that. Like, what do you speak about you being, a, I mean, a, a person who was, a campaign manager um i mean like what was the grit like like how was the day-to-day was it a lot of fight i mean like what do you speak to another young person now that wants to do it in the 2020 year coming up what i'll say about being a campaign manager is being a staffer period yeah. it's a thankless job okay. right um you literally put your life on hold for someone else mm. that's that's what you do that's the reality of the situation and the reason i like campaigns because the benefit is like it's short lived, right? Like I was on the campaign trail with him for three months. Mm. I mean, it felt like a year. It, it clearly didn't feel like three you months. You went everywhere with him. Every every oh, day, like, okay. you know, like Nick had a very small team. Like okay. I was his body person. Like I told you, I did his call time with him. Um, I did a schedule, his emails, social media, all that was done wow. by me, oh, right? Wow. So, um, yeah. So I mean, any young person that wants to get involved, I gonna say like is. You have to be committed to service. Mm-hmm. Like you, service is selfless. Yeah, and that's what campaigns are. Like I've seen both sides of this now. I've worked in elected official office and I worked on the campaign trail. The thing is, working on a campaign, you get to be a little more creative, and that's that's the mm-hmm. that's the benefit of being on uh, campaigns because you literally get a chance to do, to, to present yourself to the, the world the way you want them mm-hmm. to, to perceive mm-hmm. you, right? Mm-hmm. Like so, one of the, the highlights for being on Nicholas campaign, we did the eighteen um, neighborhoods in eighteen hours. We did it in one day. Like we chose one day, and it was, he would go for eighteen hours straight. And it, wait, so he went to eighteen neighborhoods, neighborhoods in eighteen hours. In eighteen hours. And what did you guys do there? Did you pay so, like what? So we went. So um, so the strategy for me when I create when I built that out was that I wanted um Nicholas to highlight his support of like small small businesses in the city. Mm-hmm. So we uh we went to several train stations. Um, we went to small um businesses like Uncle Bobby's. 
um, like um, Breakfast Boutique up in Chestnut Hill. We went to council that day. Mm-hmm. Um, we went to another small business um, down in Lower Erie. Um, there's a Hispanic bakery that we went to. Um, we went to a couple local bars. You know, we just went places where candidates don't go, mm-hmm. where mm-hmm. people get marginalized and people don't get talked to. Mm-hmm. Like, him being independent, that we felt like that's where we was going to get the votes from. Mm-hmm. We was going to get the votes from people who don't feel like they have a place in this political process. Mm-hmm. Um, so for 18 hours, we did j- exactly that. Um, he took a few meetings that day um, around like, some of the issues that we thought that he would be faced with um, if he was lucky enough to be elected to city council. Um, so... Hey, we was all, we went from all across the city, mm. you know, and now and because Nick didn't win, um, I believe that you realize you've done something great, right? You know, absolutely. <laughs> um, I got a chance to really get a chance to know Nicholas, okay. Um, and I got a chance to know his wife. Okay. I got a chance to know you know some of his families, uh, some of his family and his friends. They came um, the last week of the election. I mean, the last week of the campaign um, up until election day. Um, Nick is a, is a beautiful person, okay. like Nick is honestly one of those people that like he knows how to put himself last and he okay. and he does it willingly like sometimes like on the campaign trust his manager i'm like nicholas you got to talk about nicholas like you got to put yourself first yeah, because yeah, 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 it's yeah. like he's so used to serving others like you know he's a radical uh, pastor for a small church up in the northeast um and you know nicholas i told you also has been a community um organizer so nicholas is used to serving other people yeah. and he brought that spirit onto the, the campaign trail so it was a different kind of conversation that we was having. Normally, like you tell the people, like you got to stop serving yeah. yourself. Yeah. But with him, it was a different conversation. So, um, I, I mean, he's made my time on the campaign enjoyable. Um, I really enjoy working for Nicholas. Um, I think Nicholas. I don't think this is the last that Philadelphia is going to see Nicholas. I think Nicholas will be back out there. I don't know what capacity. Okay. Um, Nicholas hasn't told me anything. Okay. Um, but I, knowing Nicholas, he has a bright future. Okay. Nicholas is really young. He's thirty-one years old. Okay. Wow. He he's he he has a promising future. Okay. okay. Um, Nicholas is one of those people that you can look at and be like, you know what? I can see how he's going to grow up and be something. Yeah, like. yeah, And yeah, it's yeah, just yeah. up for Nicholas. You know, yeah. whatever. Like the opportunities are there for Nicholas. It's yeah. just whatever Nicholas wants to do with his life. But right. I, knowing Nicholas, I think he'll be back. Right. And, so and I'm sure. You, yeah. I'm yeah. sorry. And I'm sure for you, real quick. I'm sure for you, your price is going up next know, your next election listen, cycle. Man, you're right. Two for two now. <laughs> Um, well, it is funny because like people are being really generous to me that, that you know, to count like, cause you know, I wasn't Kendra Brooks campaign manager. Yeah, so, yeah. I mean, I think it's, it's, it's nice if we were like, you know, to give me credit for Kendra. Cause like, it was a, it was a collaborative, you know, effort. Yeah, they were yeah. on, yeah. it was a collaborative also thing. a lot of flyers together and it was all, all their good. communications were done together. Wow. So literally they had separate campaign managers, but all the resources were shared resources. They both split the price of like. The um the organization we use for the fundraising, the one we use for like the digital media, they split the price for everything because okay. their their name and face was on everything. Okay. Right. Um. Okay. So it only made sense. Um. So I mean, I mean, it, it is it is helpful to say like you know like I I, I helped Isaiah. I, you know I, I've helped Kendra. Like mm-hmm. it's it, it's helpful to say that. And I mean, I haven't really had time to sit back and think about like, <laughs> like you know, like the fact that like now when I sit down with because people reached out to me already. Like even when I was on the campaign trail, people was like, you know, like I want to sit down with you when the campaign is over, and I'm just like, all right, and well, yeah, because the state rep seat is coming up. I'll yeah, see if I'm know. sleep or not. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but um, yeah, like people, you know, they're interested in. Um, there's a few people that I am gonna sit down with. Um, okay, and I'll see. I'll see. Okay. Like I'm, I'm ready to get back out here. Um, and. 
it's fun to me. Like I like politics because it's like you really get a chance to choose who represents you and take your issues to wherever they're going. If it's Harrisburg, if it's City Hall, if it's the White House, you really get a, a chance to. And that's that's fun for me because it's like I look at it like I get a chance to do what the people, the, the areas that I come from, neighborhoods I come from. They, what I think that they would want to happen. Mm-hmm. I get a chance to sit at the tables and have those conversations and be like, well, this may not work for black and brown folks or this may not young, work for young people or this may not work for this demographic because I'm a part of those wow. places. Wow. You know, he just says something so crazy. A lot of people are at the table and don't speak up. There's a lot that don't work for certain populations and there's no one to speak up. We just say yes to everything. We gotta stop that. We just say, yeah, 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 pass it through. And you know that you know that community is not gonna benefit from that. You know that population is gonna be like, no, that's uh, uh. Absolutely. And I think that's why it's, it's, it's important for diverse people to be at the table. table right. That's why I believe in third party candidates, right? Like I told you, like I voted Democrat all, all my life. Up until Tuesday. That was mm. the first time I, ver- wow. I voted outside of a, out of a Democrat. Wow. You know, but it's I think people need to be open to the idea. Yeah. People need to be open to the, the opportunities that's that's possible. Wow. And I think that's the only thing that's going to make America great again. Wow. Wow. <laughs> so, so I guess just to kind of to um, full circle, just with like the change that's probably going to come with Kendra being elected. I mean, we can expect, I would think, more independence that's going to start running now in these in these city races. I think Kendra, you know, she she didn't woke up a beast yeah, now. Like, I, I think, think it's going to be, you know, I, I think some people are probably a little scared. Like, all right, well, this is going to get this is going to get hectic now. You if, know, if anything, I think the election of Kendra Brooks is going to make people do their job. Yeah, do your job, yeah. and you don't have to worry about being excused from office. Wow. I think also we we are done with career politicians. Mm-hmm. Someone serving for 30, 40 if you can get it done in the first 15, like, why do you need another 15 years? Mm-hmm. That is, you understand, like, those are seats for people to serve the community. And then we're looking at a, a changing Philadelphia. The community that I live in, I own my house, right? But my neighborhood didn't change four times since mm-hmm. I lived there. Mm-hmm. I've been in that, I've been on that block since I was eight years old. Wow. That block don't look like the block it was in 1999 when I moved wow. there. Right. I mean, I think it's time for new leadership. Mm-hmm. I've seen only two council people, district council people in my district. I'm not saying that anyone like in a, they, that that seat should be changed, but what I'm saying is that I should no people should not live like in the northeast where Brian O'Neill had the same district council person for 40 years because I'm sure that the northeast doesn't look exactly the same way it was when people moved there. Right. Neighborhoods change, right. districts change, and when they change, the needs and the wants of that community change. But sometimes Absolutely. the elected officials don't change. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. All elected officials don't move with the times. Yeah. They, a lot of them stay stuck yeah. with where they enter that. So, I mean, the election of like people like Jamie Gossier, like, it's needed. Mm-hmm. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, people mm-hmm. deserve another opportunity to serve. Mm-hmm. You no, know, mm-hmm. I think Jamie Blackwell did great work. Her mm-hmm. husband, Lucius Blackwell, did great work for West Philadelphia. Like, I have a lot of friends and family that lives in West Philly that say, like, you know. And benefited from the things. From the Blackwell. Yes. Yeah, yeah. They, so, it's not, it's, not, it's not a dag to them. Yeah, yeah. It's yeah. not. But yeah. you, the, only, the only way to give new people opportunities to serve is the people who've been there already have to step back. And we don't do enough. We don't do enough of grooming those that come up behind us. We don't do that. We do a lot of wait your turn. And by the time I don't wait my turn, I'm 60 years old like you. <laughs> and I'm just now entering public. Like, that's not fair. Mm-hmm. Like, young people have deserve to have a chance to 
advocate for people who look like them because mm-hmm. come on a 60 year old don't necessarily know what a 30 year old or an 18 year old 19 year old is going through yeah mm-hmm. you understand like I, I think i'm closer to the pain like the, the lead I, I know what that means I, I know what it means to be in school and i'm telling me don't drink from that word fountain and i'm confused yeah. like yeah. the right. word fountain is working yeah. i see the water coming yeah. out of it why can't i drink from that word fountain yeah you understand yeah so yeah. So I know what these kids are going through. I was just there ten years ago. Wow. I'm only ten years removed from high school. Wow, wow! I didn't know you was that young. Okay. Yeah, I'm 28. I'm okay. <laughs> so like, it's, it's it's an honor to be able to do this kind of work. Like, this is something I only dreamed of when I was a kid. Wow. I remember being in kindergarten. My teacher asked me, "What do you want to be?" I was like, "I want to be the first black president." Wow. Then somebody by the name of Barack Hussein Obama came, and I was like, "Well, that dream is covered." Wow. But there's other spaces for me to cover and serve in. And if it's on campaigns and working as a staffer, I would love I would love to be here. And so and so what do you speak to and because I think that service it has to be bred in you. Not everybody has that. And you could tell. I think certain people could tell, right? You could tell who mm-hmm. you could tell who's in there and who's not in there for real, right? But I think, you know, America is such a great country because there's so many options. Yeah. There are so many professions, so many occupations yeah. where you could you can go right and, yeah. and and feel at home and happy. Yeah. Um, the way that our education system is set up, I think that we've pinned pin people to be in spaces where they're not one hundred percent comfortable and mm-hmm. they don't want to be there. Mm-hmm. I.e., college. Mm-hmm. Like when people go to school and get these degrees, and they're like, "How many people then graduated with a degree?" And like, I don't even work in the field that I went to school yes. for. Right? Yes. It's because we've been taught that the illusion is smoke yeah. and mirrors right? Yeah, right and i think politics is no different yeah it's another thing is like uh, some people get bored into it because their families are career politicians yeah, and like are me. political yeah. right yeah. and then some people get into it because um it may be a quick way to get a few dollars like yeah if we just look at like some people get paid to canvas right yeah, yeah, you literally yeah, get paid yeah. to knock on people's yeah. doors and they realize that like some people like us we um well not us but i, I know that like the working families party um there was another side of it that uh that, that dealt with that kind of things. Like us as a campaign, we didn't. We got a lot of volunteers. We okay. didn't. We only okay. paid people on election day, right? Okay. But like that's another thing. Like on election day, um, we pay people one hundred and sixty dollars to work the polls. Oh wow! So you know, like, and we would love for it to be a quality person, and we try our best because we did training around it, gave them the message and things like that. But who's to say someone doesn't do that because they need the one hundred sixty dollars, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. We 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 can't. Being people's minds, we can only give them the materials that's need mm-hmm. needed to, um, you know, service us on the polls that mm-hmm. day. So, I mean, it, people who hearts are in service, you will know. You it will, will know. show. It's right, like, you know right. what I'm saying? But it's, it's just like anything else. People who love you, over time, you will know. Right. You know right, what I'm saying? Right, right, so, right. I mean, it's, it's politics is different. And a lot of times, people look at politics like it's this abstract thing or it's not attainable. Kendra Brooks is an everyday person. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Like, Kendra's an everyday person. Like, all these policies are everyday people. people. But I look, at, I use Kendra as a reference point because Kendra, she talks very openly about like losing her house to foreclosure. I mean, yeah. to um, to uh, not it wasn't um, no um, I'm sorry, what was it, Kendra? But she uh, she lost her house to um, it's the sheriff's office. What the sheriff's office operates around, like the sheriff's cell. Oh, um, the short um. Oh, yeah, sheriff, sheriff, sheriff cell okay, exactly. Okay, so okay. she lost house to like sheriff cell, and you know, hey, but this is shout the house. Out to Rochelle Bilal, the new sheriff. Yeah, okay. Shout out to her, right? You just get a, a lady in there. Maybe a lady can do it right because we didn't had a couple men in our office, and 
we still got black and brown folks in the city losing their house to sheriffs. So, like, and the thing was, like, I had a conversation with um, Kendra, and she talked about like it wasn't much to save her house, right? Yeah. But it's like people are losing their house, and she poured her four hundred one k into this house. She raised her kids in that house. Now she's continuing to raise her kids in this house, but now she pays rent to a developer for a house that she once owned. Mm. Wow. That is the reality of mm. of people across this. Across the city, mm. like for me, like when my grandmother died, it took me eight years so I got the house in my name because I didn't know where to start. Yeah. So yeah. shout out to Tracy Gordon, who's now going to be the register of wills, who's going to educate people on how to get um tangled tangled titles uh tangled deeds um rectified. Yes. You know what I'm saying? Like yes. I needed somebody like yes. Tracy Gordon in my life yes. when my grandmother passed away in 2009. Right. So like that's but is the thing is if we do business as usual, we don't get these people. Yeah, because wow. I know Tracy. Nobody thought that she, that was like. Oh, they thought that was a shot in the dark. That was Donna Tucci. How long? He was in office. 40 years. Oh, wow. 40 years. And just even some of the stories I heard from behind the scenes that was going on, just when I heard she won, man, I was just so, that was just like one of those moments where it was like, like you said, man, it can't be business as usual. Because mm-hmm. she, you know, she would have thought like, you know, she would have had a mindset like, you know what, what's realistic? Not, she wouldn't be. The next but you know nobody was running against Donna Tucci. No, like nobody ran for that seat. They, they, it was his seat. He was running unopposed yeah. time oh, and time, time again. again. And it's because people was just like, oh, that's his seat. I didn't even know. I didn't even know. Yo, I'm about to say yeah. until Tracy told me, she, like, I didn't even know what Register of Wills was. was. Mind you, I never knew what that office did either wow. until my grandmother died. Literally, when I had to walk, I had to go downtown and uh, abate, abate her estate. Like that's when I found out what it was. And wow. then I thought, like, after I abated her estate, that I owned the house. No, there's a whole nother the process. process. Wow. And the thing is, it's like my house could have been taken by a developer in a process and I would have never been able to fight it because that, that has happened to people. Yeah, no, it has. It like, has. And people, their their loved ones die. Someone is, is notified that, this love, that the person who owned the house is dead now. They come in, swoop the property, and the loved ones don't even know how it ever happened. Yeah. yeah. And there is right now, there's no legal process that has worked in the favor of the loved ones. Yeah. Right. And and you know we owned a family business around Temple's campus, so after my grandfather died, you know what happened then. So we've been fighting Temple since then. But as a black family who owned a business in North Philly, which you never ever see, mm-hmm. um, I think to even be fighting a major college is something that we could have probably used help from a city office from. Oh, you abs- know what absolutely, I mean? absolutely. But, and at the end of the day, so I do understand what everyone is saying because. Black people back in the day, we used to own businesses. I mean, we used to own corner stores. Black Wall Street was a thing before. Yeah. Yeah. It was a thing before. So, as we know, I mean, we're moving in new times, um, I think. But I'm really glad to see um, a new resurgence. Um, And I was kind of skeptical because I really know what our communities are dealing with. Um, And I don't have all the answers, but I know that I'm tired. Mm -hmm. And I know that... I'm tired of the people who were supposed to be doing something because I think it's probably at its worst than I've ever seen it right now. And we have career politicians and I'm like, you've been in office and it's only getting worse. So what, like, -hmm. you know, so I think I've been frustrated. And so during this whole election season, 
um, like Cassie and I, you know, we've been best friends since college. So she was the only really person that I really was invested in because I know her personally. But is is important for people like Kathy to run so that people like you who don't invest into a lot of these races invests in it gets invested into at least one of them yeah. because you personally know the candidate, right? Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. You know, and it's 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 heartbreaking to me that like people like some of the things I just read on online about like the election of like Kendra Brooks, right? Like someone who comes from the community. That, that looks like a lot of the communities that we come from, right? The fact y'all are, like, not you, but I'm just saying people, they're, they're skeptical about giving a, a black woman from North Philadelphia opportunity, but yet and still, we we don't never get upset at that. Let's look at our, our mayor, for instance. Nothing against him, but he was a city council person for 20 years, and, and then he's going to be a mayor for eight. So he's been 28 years in public service, but we are about to now also, um, may have the opportunity to vote for him for governor. But no one's going to ever give that that individual any kind of apprehension or why we shouldn't vote for him for governor. But yet and so a, a young, I mean, um, a black woman from North Philadelphia, we're going to say she, we don't, I'm not sure that she deserves four years. And speak to that because we do do that as black people. All the and, time. We, no, we, we do. And, and I can white speak people, to, White people do it too. No, but I don't. I can't speak. I, when people say things like that, I say I can't speak for white people because I ain't white and I'm not in that community and I'm not at that table. I can speak about what black people do because I'm black and I sit at the tables where I hear black people speak. So black people, we turn on ourselves so quick, so many times, and I just don't understand that. I agree with that. I I, th- I think everybody deserves a chance and let. Kendra Brooks serve. Let give her four years, and in four years you'll get another opportunity to decide if she did a good job or not. I think that says a lot of why we're in the predicament that we're in too, because that we don't even believe in ourselves enough that someone like us should be serving in that seat. We think we it should be someone else who I guess we don't even really have that much in relation to to sit on those type of seats. That's why I like when I asked you that question, were you surprised at how many people were opposed to you know Kendra or Nicholas uh, running? So, because think about it. Like, if have you ever had like a show or something, and you try to get your friends or family to buy thirty dollars tickets, yes. and they're like, but yet and still they won't buy your thirty dollars tickets to your show, but you would see them spend thirty dollars on a T-shirt yeah. from a, a, a big retailer, and you're like, you could have spent that thirty dollars to support someone that you know. Yeah. It's, it's I don't know what the mindset is, but it's like we are able to support people that we're that's, that we deem as unattainable. Uh-huh. The fact that we can't reach this person. And we see them so far, we want to support them. But the people that would sit right next to us, for some reason, we just think that, oh, they're not worthy or I deserve a discount or my money shouldn't go there. I, it's, it's, it's honestly one of the wildest things. And I do agree with that. I mean, as a black person, I believe, especially as a black person who is um, also... I would say when you have a voice and it sounds like you're making sense, I think that people are more critical than not. But at the same time, I mean, for me, so I'm in programming, right? Because I believe that if you have effective programming, um, it's really what benefits our community. Like they need options as well. And all these funders and donors, they don't understand programming. So that's where my heart is, right? But I believe that, that our communities right now need things. They need resources, they need jobs, they need people who care. And right now, like, I'm more critical of every elected official. Like, I'm more critical of everyone because it got this bad, not by anything, but also it, right now we need people that's going to come in and dig in. 
And I just wish that the amount of energy that was given to these two candidates is given to everybody mm, on every single race. Mm. I wish, like, you know, like, so the thing is, I think about, like, Nick and Kendra being on the ballot, but there was a there was a list of judges that was going for re- re- retention that nobody knew anything about. Myself included. So the thing is, nobody, they, they didn't take the time to research these judges and create narratives about these judges, yeah. about the way that these judges didn't, didn't, didn't been voting for the last 10 years of their tenured on, on, on the bench yeah nobody so the thing is like we pick and choose what people we want to throw to the fire yeah. and throw to the chalkboard we, we we pick and choose that and that's the part that i'm like that's the part that surprises me that we pick and choose who we want to crucify that's true and these that's are true. two individuals who have never had a part or a seat at the table to, to sign any legislation to have any say about any legislation they just knock on the door like we do it to, uh, to our city council people and ask them they care about the issues that we care about. That's true. Why not give them the opportunity to be the person who voice the issue a little louder? That's true. And I believe that, and I think that you even clear some things for me when you talked about even the restrictions of the party, you know, working yes. in um, in the 197th, you know, I understood what you could do, what you can't do. Mm-hmm. And even working in city government, you know, I had some restrictions, still have, you know, some restrictions as well. But at the same time, I understand now you explaining it and breaking it down to me, I really understand why they even chose to run independent. Absolutely. It's, right. it's, it's, it's needed. Like, we need third-party candidates in this country. I'm telling you, like, we're, we're going through this pendulum swing. Like, yeah. every eight years, we get a Democratic president, then we get a Republican president. A Democratic president. And then the thing is, the other party spends the first four years undoing what the last president did. Yes, yes. So they really don't get anything done. They take us back to the, the ground zero. Like, we need another option. Mm-hmm. We Like, the part of government is supposed to be to build. Yeah. Yeah. On, on the things that we currently have yeah. but government hasn't been doing that yeah they've been able they've been doing this party stance thing where they stand with their party and they undo everything that the other party is doing but in philadelphia we don't even have that issue because this has been a democratic machine that for the last 60 years has been all democratic right mm-hmm. we've had democratic mayors we have democratic city council mm-hmm. people mm-hmm. district and at large mm-hmm. only time we've seen republicans are in these two minority seats mm-hmm. so the thing is like then we have to do a little bit of house cleaning what is the Democratic Party doing wrong? Because the Democratic Party has been supported by the black community, right? But yet and still, black and brown folks are dying in these streets yes. every single day. Yes. But that's the bigger issue. Yes. That's and that, big, and yes. that's not what we're not talking We're not yes. talking about that. Yes. Now we're at a point now where a 10-year-old boy is being shot on his way home from school. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Like, we have an 11-month-old baby shot in the house. She's in the house and gets shot in the head. I've never seen like this amount of young people like constantly. It's like almost every other week. It's another young person. Every other week, every like, other not day. Not even preteen, like not even teenagers. Like we talking about, like you said, ten year old, eleven year old, eleven months old, twelve. Like it's crazy how many young people are yeah. getting killed out it, here. It's it's actually, and for me, I mean, because I, I'm deep in it, um, it it's become very, um, it's become very surreal. It's become very surreal to me that. Um, and before it was something that I just was doing and involved in. Um, but then I had to step back to look at like, what is really going on here? Um, and I told you that I've kind of shied away from, um, politics itself. Um, I mean, but this, I mean, but all this actually made me get back involved in it because I believe that, I mean, we're at our worst days, you know, and this is really taking whole families out. This is taking whole communities out. Our violence is really, it's plaguing everything. I mean, we have kids that are 
um, like walking around in schools who've been shot in the head who are now coming back into schools in wheelchairs. And I mean, like that's a whole now school community that's affected by that. You know, these are young people in sixth and seventh grade who seeing their friends shot. That, you know, that's a whole new trauma situation that's now added. And we think it's okay. And for some reason, we've been acting like it's okay. Um, and so I think our city, our government, and I think that a lot of people are going to be held more accountable. And I'm really glad that you really spoke about that people will be doing their job. And I think people will be doing their job. They understand yeah. that they, they, you might not just have one opponent next time yeah. around. Yeah. You might yeah. have 10 yeah. this time around. And yeah. that's good for the political yeah. process because yeah. each each new candidate that gets on a the ballot, there's a, a, a group of people that they're bringing with them that pr- probably have never, ever mm. don't Donated to a campaign, volunteer for a campaign. Right. The first campaign I ever volunteered for was Doug Oliver in mm-hmm. 2015. Mm-hmm. I was in a program and I saw I saw Doug Oliver speak and I was just so impressed with him. He was young, he was under 40. Yeah. Um I thought that like he understood the millennial wave that was happening yeah, in the country. Yeah, yeah. And it was an open seat for me. Yeah. And I wanted to help him out. Mm. And that was the first time I volunteered. Wow. Because I volunteered for Doug Oliver, it made me volunteer for Bernie Sanders in 2016. Because of that, I, I decided, well, maybe I want to do a little bit more in politics, right? So I, Isaiah gave me the opportunity to come work for the city controller's office. I did that for two years. So in 2018, um, I started helping Isaiah out for his own race. Mm-hmm. So, like, things things come from getting new energy involved into this political process. Because if had it not probably been for, like, maybe Doug, Doug Oliver, I probably never would have thought being involved in politics was possible. Wow. But you know what I'm saying? Like four years later, look where I am now. It is. And can you speak to volunteerism? I think that we have a lot of people in this city who want to get involved. But I believe that, I mean, within service, I think that volunteerism is the best way of showing you humility. Um, And I started by volunteering. I still do volunteer. Um, And I believe that when people see your heart in volunteering, then that will elevate you. And sometimes it and most of the times that we don't even get in this for, I mean, for anything but the purpose. You know what I mean? But speak to volunteerism as a black man because a lot of us think that it takes more than what it really is. Volunteering is like, it, it, it don't take much. Yeah. You know what yeah. I'm saying? It's literally signing your name up and you get an opportunity to serve. Mm-hmm. Um, you cannot do everything for mm-hmm. a dollar because mm-hmm. – for instance, like um, this whole conversation right now over like Medicare for all, right? Mm-hmm. Like Bernie Sanders said something that was so prevalent to me that made me um, see things, see this argument a little bit differently. And and I've done it so many times unknowingly, mm-hmm. but we choose jobs based off the benefits that they come with. And one of the benefits is healthcare. Depending on how how great the healthcare is, we decide if we want to go to that job or not, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. And because of that. We may not be doing the work that yes. we really, really want to do, yes. right? And yes. it's, the thing about being a volunteer is, like, I can decide how much time I want to give you. I get, I get to, to, to decide if if I want to stay here for eight hours a day, if I want to stay here for four hours a day, or I want to stay here three days this week. Yeah. You understand? Like, volu- and then the thing about volunteer is, like, it's a lot of times the cause mm-hmm. is much greater than you. Mm-hmm, like, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. volunteering is so, is, is so needed mm-hmm. because it takes money to run a lot of things, mm-hmm. but... Sometimes two extra hands can make the difference in feeding the homeless, yeah. tutoring children. Yeah. Like, you know what I'm saying? Plus, and when you volunteer, you get a chance to see things through a different lenses. Because a lot of times yeah. when you're volunteering, you're getting to talk to people, right? Yeah, yeah, and yeah. like, so when a lot of the, so working on like um, Doug Oliver, right? Um, as a volunteer, I got a chance to really hear people 
across the city how they felt. Wow. You no, know, like volunteering on like Fazaya. Like I got a chance. Like I knocked all the doors for him in in the seventeenth ward, which is a mm. ward that I live in. Okay. I got a chance to see what my district was dealing with. Okay. okay. You no, know, so that makes me think in my head. Well, maybe one day I want to run for office now because I, yeah. I now I know what the district is, what yeah. it looks like, yeah. what it sounds like, what yeah. they're what they're being faced with, some of the concerns of the the current elected officials. Yeah. But I did it through volunteer work. Yeah. yeah saying like, yeah, yeah. Martin Luther King Day, right? Yeah. Like, it's a national day of service. Yeah. But people don't know that. They get, a lot yeah. of people know that Martin Luther King Day, you get off from work, yeah. you get off from school. But that is a day of service. Yeah. You're supposed to go volunteer that day. A lot of people end up sleeping in that day. But yeah. I didn't know that it was a day of service until I got out of high school. Really? I didn't know wow. that, no. But... I come from these communities, yeah, right? Yeah. So these are the same communities that I'm going to advocate for. And these are the things that I remember mm-hmm. when I get a chance to sit at the table. I'll be like, they may not know that because I come from that community and I didn't know that. Mm, mm, mm. And I consider myself a little educated. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah. So, yeah. I'm, so, I mean, not saying that they could not know it, but there's a possibility that they do not because yeah. we come from the very, you know, the same we, community. Yeah. So um, if you get a chance to uh, volunteer, please do so. Yeah. There's no harm. You lose nothing from volunteering. Yeah. Yeah. Nothing. There's no commitment there. And it's you are in control. And I'm glad you really spoke to even talking about jobs, about healthcare, because you know a part of, and also like my job, regime, you know that I took certain jobs that didn't have health benefits because I knew I wanted to do the work, mm-hmm. um, and and I don't have any kids, so it was just me. So I was able to do that. Not every, not everybody's Everybody able, privilege. right? And not everybody's able to do that. But the work made me then soar into other things. But and I would say this and. If you're able to do the work that you really want to do, I think that's the most joyous thing. Absolutely. Like ever, right? Absolutely. Like the thing is like working on campaigns is like really hard. Yeah. It's it's a lot of like sleepless nights. I yeah. think like I don't think it was a, a day on the campaign that I got eight hours of sleep. Oh wow. Like I literally a lot of times I would be up to like one, two o'clock in the morning doing work. Um work that I couldn't get do get done during the during the day because I was probably with the candidate. Okay. Um and I'm normally up at like seven, eight o'clock in the morning. Um to start the next day um task um and if i didn't enjoy this work i don't know how i would have got through through those three months because like you're literally like some days i forgot to eat Mm. like election day election day i don't i don't think i ate into that night Mm. because that was another long day like we i started with him at uh the polls opened at seven o'clock we got to the campaign office at 6 30. we had the campaign office at 6 30 and I was with him until one o'clock in the morning because his results came in later because it was so close to call between him and David O. Ken, we knew Kendra had won by by like a um, 10, 30, 11 o'clock we knew. Oh, really? Yeah, boy, it was one o'clock in the morning. We still was looking at the, the thing like, we don't know if Nicholas won, if he lost yet. We... Yeah, it was confused. Yeah, it was confusing. I will tell you that because <laughs> it was because I got a few calls from certain people. It was like, did David win? Did Nick win? I think, yeah. Yeah, they was on, there was an 800, I mean, an 800 vote margin between those two. David O was up by like 800 votes, and we was like, there's still a section of the city that hasn't came in yet, and we was like, we don't know what that looks like for us yet, right? Like, there were still parts of West Philadelphia that we knew that we would do well in because that was our base of folks, but we was like, we still got to wait. We got to wait. Like, it wasn't until, like, the next day when we woke up, we was like, okay, now the results are a little more final. Mm-hmm. But it was one of those races where we went to sleep uncertain. Mm-hmm. Because literally, like, he was on, because at one point we were projecting, like, you know, 
it's probably not likely that he was gonna win. And he's on the stage talking. If like if anybody has video from that night, you'll see him on the stage talking. And we literally have to like jump in his air and was like, more votes has just came in because he was down by like three thousand votes when he went to go speak. By the time he got midway through the conversation, he had went back up, and we was like Nicholas, Nicholas. <laughs> like you know, like it's not over yet. Oh wow! And yeah. it's. It's, 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 you know, it's moments like that. Like, you just don't know. It was, because even my dad called me. was like, they both won. And he was like, I was like, who? He was like, the independents. And I was like, they both won? He was like, yeah. He was like, David O. Loss. And I was like, okay. And then I checked. And I was like, and I just, I just was trying to read it. And it just was like every hour it kept saying yeah. something different. Yeah, like every, was, I think <laughs> they was projecting like every like 17 minutes they kept saying like the, the thing was getting updated. Uh -huh. And it just was, it just was, it was, that was a, that was a crazy moment right there. Wow. Like, it's just trying to like give out factual information and that's why i try to tell people like now that i actually worked on campaigns this close i can tell people like elections are real yeah they are real they're not yeah. fixed if they yeah. were fixed they wouldn't do so much to keep you from voting voter yeah. suppression wouldn't be a thing yeah it is a thing it's because a thing. elections are really real yeah those fifty-six thousand votes that kendra got she earned yeah that wasn't fifty-six thousand votes that was waiting for her because prior to nicholas and uh kendra the highest independent in the city was uh andrew serber and that was in 2015 he got 15,000 votes with the endorsement of the sitting mayor mm. we didn't get an endorsement from the sitting mayor mm. i mean uh, she got endorsed by elizabeth warren but elizabeth warren is a u.s senator in another a whole nother state mm. she gets a presidential candidate right now mm. i mean she got endorsed by helen gim which mm. has a lot of influence in the city but we didn't get the mayor mm. sober did mm. and got 15,000 votes so we still went into election day saying that we have to fight for every single vote that we get because we don't know this has never been done before and we came up like i i still the part of me that i'm like still to this day like trying to wrap my head around is that we hit the win number and like that that is like such an accomplishment like they both got over forty thousand votes when we said when i was sitting in the meeting in august that was all we wanted wow we just kept saying like we get them over 40 if we get both of them over 40k we can do this right and just to wake up november 6th and be able to say like both of them got over their home it's, it's an accomplishment like 43 people in the city voted for nicholas he has a lot to be proud of yeah absolutely. yeah i mean and you do too i don't know 43,000 people that can vote <laughs> for me <laughs> you, know, <laughs> but, you, do too. you but, know and i'll say again man you you know i've watched also your progression as well um and i've seen when you started working with Isaiah, and then I didn't know the switch from Isaiah to Nick or like what happened there. But then I seen you working with Nick, and 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 I seen how also relentless and dedicated you were, mm -hmm. right? Because I believe when you work with people, you have to be. You gotta be. You gotta be that. You way. gotta be like in running for office is one of the most vulnerable moments of your life. Yeah. Like you don't know. Like these people give up their real jobs. Mm. Not that like running for office is not a real job, but it's not a job because you don't get paid for it. Right. Like they give up their source of income, they take away time from their families to ask people to vote for them. Mm. Like Isaiah didn't have a job when he ran for for office. Nicholas didn't have a job when he ran for office. Kendra didn't have a job when he, when she ran for office. So is you get a sense of the realize that these people are serious about the things that they say because they they've given up everything. Wow. They given up the, the 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 moments they take their kids to school. You know, so they give up the, the time to have dinner with their... Like, I remember being on a race with Isaiah and him missing a movie premiere that his son had been waiting for for months. Wow. Like, these are real moments in people's lives. Wow. And 
So you you have no choice but to get attached to these individuals because you see how passionate they are. Mm-hmm. And if you don't get attached to, to them, then clearly that, that candidate must not be that passionate then. Wow. The candidates that I've worked for, I only work for people that I see myself voting for. Okay, okay. I would okay. never work for somebody for a check, no matter how much money they threw at me. If I can't see myself working for that person, I mean, uh, I can't see myself voting for that person, Right. I'm not going to work for that person. Right. So, I mean, now that... We got through all of that, and you probably need some a, a few days to rest. Um, I just want to say, I mean, I don't know them very well, and I want to get a chance to get to know them as well because I believe that I believe they have a humble spirit. I mm-hmm. mean, from what I can see, and I could see that, you know, mm-hmm. I could see that there, and I could see they were very genuine people too. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, I want to get a chance to get to know them as well um, because I believe our city really needs up. All hands on deck approach, and not just really this back and forth as to who's going to do what. But I believe we need everybody coming to the table and rolling their sleeves up. I mean, like, how do you think that 2020 will shape up in the city of Philadelphia as far as people getting involved? And I think um, what Donald Trump did for this country in 2016, we don't care for him. Mm-hmm. I included, um, but you got to thank him for what he did mm-hmm. because. He woke up a lot of sleepy people. He did. It was needed. I think it was needed. It was too. needed. It was and, needed. And especially like black and brown folks after the election of Barack Obama, we kind of went back to sleep because yeah, we, we was like, we "Well, we made history. We made it happen, and we got Barack." You know, yeah. like that's something we can we can tell our kids, and you know, a lot of our grandmothers who may be on like the later part of life get a chance to see happen before you know they transition, and yeah. we were proud of that, right? Yeah. But now we realize that this is a continuing thing. Like, you can't think that because one election dictates the rest of your life. Yeah. It does not. It has implications, yes. Yeah. It can be difficult because now we look at it. Like, Donald Trump has appointed, what, three Supreme Court justices? Yeah. Or two? No, two. He's two, but he's... Two. But we may he may have the opportunity to appoint a third because yeah. we don't know what's... Yeah, going on on the court because there's a there's a particular uh, particular justice that is in her you know her later part of her life and we don't know yeah. it, 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 we could wake up tomorrow and she may not be with us somewhere yeah, and then yeah. he starts the process of appointment of a lifelong appointment though yeah these are people that are going to like right i can't believe that i'm like living in a time where roe versus wade is being reconsidered yeah yeah but yeah, these yeah. justices that he appointed is going to have opportunity to decide if women in this country can have an abortion or what they get to do with their body per se like so what trump did in 2016 i think is going to have real implications as we see like the three big stories in um and uh, uh that i saw in the headlines the day after uh, november 5th was kendra brooks kentucky and delco county yes oh I'm, so, glad, I'm glad you brought that Yeah, up. so you know, so there, there's there's an awakening in this country that yeah. people are like, you know what, I don't know if my vote my vote counts, but I'm going to find out today. Yeah. Because I'm going to go to the ballot box and I'm going to vote for the person I think should win. And I can't believe Kentucky and Delco County both went blue. I, I, I also Chester with, County, too. Um, I went to Westchester, but Chester County, which has been a Republican county, where I'm like Westchester University and Cheney is, um, has been Republican for the most part. Um, and they also welcomed his first black sh- sheriff as well. Um, so it went blue as well. So I think we see in a resurgence. Absolutely. Yeah. People, people are woke. They, yeah. woke. they woke up. And shout out to the black women across this country because they've been showing up in droves. And droves from like the Roar Moy uh, um, campaign against um, Doug. I forget Doug's last name, but um, that was in Alabama. That race that I remember that was the the race that the world was watching. Like 
we about to see if this red state can go blue. And, you know, like, and, and that's because, like, we, it just this red blue talk, right? But, like, now we're in conversations now where, like, third party candidates can become mm-hmm. viable candidates. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, people deserve the option and opportunity to vote for their interests and their, you know, their issues. So, I mean, I think um, 2020 is going to shape up to be a very interesting year. I think, you know, we just look at, like, some of the candidates that we have. We have the opportunity still to elect the first woman president. Um, we have the opportunity to, to elect a, to one of the most progressive presidents. Um, we have the opportunity to elect the LGBT president. Yep. We have the opportunity to elect the first Asian president. There's, We have the opportunity to make history again. Yeah. We're on the, and I think we're on the brink of it. I think those are – th- one of those are going to happen. That's, that's my prediction. One of those is going to happen, and – Right now, Elizabeth Warren, she well, Senator Warren, she's the um, the front runner. Yeah, uh, a lot of people still want to say Joe's the front runner, but I think um, that is that has changed, yeah. um, especially in the city of Philadelphia, where like Joe Biden, his headquarters is here, but we have the mayor, we have several city council people who have the endorsed DA. the DA endorsed yeah. Warren. So, um, I mean, I don't know, I don't yeah. know, Biden, Biden, Biden. Teams, yeah, I was a little skeptical to... seeing it. I mean, not skeptical, but it was just very surprising to me that I mean, we got Biden, whose headquarters is here. He has some young people, I mean, from the city working for him. But I mean, our officials have spoken, so they they they, they want to go the other direction. I mean, they want to go the other direction. So I mean, you know, you just don't know what this race is going to bring, but it's, it's going to be interesting. It's it's fun to watch. So yeah, politics is like my favorite reality show. <laughs> it's funny because we was just like me and Terrell, we was talking just like after the election, like you see a lot of people starting to gear up and like kind of throw the throw throw it out there that for they about to start running for twenty twenty. Everybody's running for everybody. Everybody out there <laughs> throwing it up. State, state reps is gonna be some hot <laughs> it, hot races in twenty twenty. It is going to be very interesting to watch. Yeah, and I and I and I think it's good though because yeah, people, it is. we got these elected officials got to stop getting comfortable in these seats because yeah. when they get comfortable they stop doing the work. Right. Yes. They stop getting out there asking for they they stop doing the work that's needed to forget people to remember them when it's time to come on. Time for the time for the vote for them again. And state reps, you know, state reps they get two year terms. Mm-hmm. So state reps need to always be doing the work because you only going to be off the ballot for one year, mm-hmm. right. and then the very next year you're going to be on the ballot again. Mm-hmm. So um, yeah, state reps is I, I'm hearing a lot of a lot of names thrown in the yes. half of state rep, and it's going to be interesting to see like how, how these races shape out because we're going through this wave right now where being young and being a woman. Is, is 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 in right now it's a trend trends happen in, in everything in it life is. right and right now in the political arena being young and being a, a woman um probably is two best things you could be right now yeah yeah so. yeah, yeah, yeah 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 i know i'm i'm interested to see what's going to happen up in northwest philadelphia chris rapp is my state rep mm-hmm. and um you know he he's he's had an opponent the you know the last few times so mm-hmm. I, i'm i'm interested to see how that with how that race turns out if anybody if if he runs on the polls, which I, I don't see, I, I see somebody running against him, but that's going to be interesting to see. It would be um, the thing about uh, Rep. Rab is that um, he's not my uh, state rep, but he's been, he's been. No, I, I like Chris he, Rapp, Rapp, like, Rapp, should I say? But yeah, one of my favorite elected officials. I, I'm going to say like not just Absolutely. like state reps. Like he transcends like state rep. Like when I can say my elected officials, he's one of my favorites. Like he has an independent vibe. Yeah, but he is. He, is. he didn't he have the party yeah, support yeah. when he won. Like he he Who was he about to like 
he, you know, not yeah. to throw it out there, but he 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 walked the walk, he talked the talk, and he walked the walk, and he don't care about what nobody mm-hmm. else got to yeah. say. Mm-hmm. You know, even with the whole back in the Kendra Brooks thing, and they, I know, remember the Democratic committee was threatening to kick people out and take his uh his him to being a, a board, leader. board leader, and um, I know him was and Bob Brady got into it, and well, I uh, think it was him and um Alan Buckovitz. Oh, right, yeah, yeah, that's right, that, yeah, that's what it was, that's what it was, yeah. And yeah, I was like, all right, Chris. I was like, all right, Red yeah, Rab, he a real one. Yeah, he I like Red Rab. Like Red Rab, like, I mean, I've had an opportunity to get a chance to know him. Um, because when I work for Oak Street, um okay. that Oak Street is in his like we operated in his district. Okay. okay. So I had a chance he came to a lot of our events. Um I have none but positive things to say about him. Okay. Um yeah. I think any district would be lucky to have a rep rap. I'll say that. Okay. And the reason why I said, like, it's interesting to see, because I don't know if you know the back, but it's just the politics up there has been real messy the yeah, last year, so that's why I, I, it's going to be interesting to see. But I definitely I, I like Rep. Rap, you know. I, I I like Rep. Rap. That's I think he's a great elected official, and um and I like the fact that you know he let he let millennials. I know up there he's doing a lot of things with millennials and just letting us kind of um be part of it. I know Erica, she part of the uh, millennial advisory council, mm-hmm. um so. Yeah, and that, and that's and that's important though, right? Because he's he's one of those people who give young people chance, uh, a chance right. to be at the table. And why? Have, I'm sorry, but why don't every elected official have some type of millennial council? Like, I feel like the one not only are you allowed, you can get insight from them, but that's like experience. You helping them put experience for their resume for things like that. You giving them a chance. I feel like every elected this official is, should this have this question that people like us have to ask them, right? Because I think that's the thing I like about politics because it's like it's really what you create. Your office is what you create. Your campaign is what you create. Like you literally have the power to project whatever energy and narrative from your office that you want want it to be. And the fact that young people are not being spoken for because think about it. If young people don't vote, why why would I represent them? Right. Rep you know, Rap thought a little different. He said like young people do vote, and I can show you that they do vote, and I'm going to engage them. It was. I will say that this um, like wait your turn movement is very prevalent in the city of Philadelphia, and I hear that across all spaces without mm-hmm. Democrats. Um, I mean, also, but no one, Kathy, and I think that we all have a platform and everybody kind of have a way of thinking but I think that when we seen that grooming from Blondell I think that that was a moment for everybody too because that hasn't happened yeah you know and I think that that also woke up another spirit as well but that's in that's that's what government should be like yeah, like that what it is right like the, the no Kathy story and know that like she started off as an intern in that office that she's now going to be running yeah. like she's going to be elected official of like that's the kind of stories that we need to hear. Yeah. Like, she was a young girl when she, because she went to Westchester, right? Yeah, and Westchester, when she left yeah. Westchester, well, it was, was at Westchester and it was interning for Blindell. Yeah. Like, that's a, that's a moment, right? We both had internships. Hers was, was at Blindell and mom's at the 197. And it's, it's crazy yeah. that, like, the office that you intern and then you now can run. Yeah. Like, that's, that's what, that's yeah. what we should strive yeah. to be, right? Yeah. But so many people, they don't they don't groom they don't groom people for their their seat they think that like i'm gonna be in this seat and then whoever gets the seat next gets to get it it's so crazy because even from um like blondell like one of the scrutinies about her before that was that um that she'd been in that seat for a while and that she haven't groomed a person mm-hmm. and so to see her kind of retire and then groom kathy was a weakness for everybody mm-hmm. too because that was the scrutiny about her being in office for that long but and kathy and shout out to kathy gilmore richardson like i got a chance to really get to know her too and i, I love her, love her, family, her husband dave yeah. the children like she's amazing nothing but great things to say about kathy and 
in her work speaks for herself. Yeah. You know, like the fact that she was an intern and then, you know, then she did like constituent services. Then she's she done was the work. The chief of staff. And she's been in the office for 12 years. Yeah, she's done the work. And that's why it's, it's important because that's another thing going to like about volunteering, like internships. They're not, they're not paid. Right. Internships are basically an organization or um, an entity giving you an opportunity to get some hands-on experience um, in exchange for like some academic credit, or yeah. credit right? And very similar to what volunteers like you get you don't get any compensation for that you guys get the experience and the opportunity to be um in that space and look how it turned out for kathy yep no like now she's gonna get paid one hundred thirty thousand dollars that me as a constituent of philadelphia don't mind paying into yeah i don't mind paying into that because you know what she's done to get there right and you know that she's put in work without even getting paid you know? mm, absolutely and then now she's there and now she's serving that same office that she once was a part i think of. you know she's gonna she's gonna be a, a great counsel yeah i look forward to see the work that kathy's gonna do mm-hmm. and what we got two two millennials now isaiah thomas and, and kathy yeah. mm-hmm. we got so. two yeah, we didn't have that before yeah mm-hmm. they, we they they have lowered the age the average age on council they've lowered that oh. but even um i don't i know like a few of them are like a lot older mm-hmm. um but yeah, because the, the at-large candidates right now, I think majority of them are under 50. Mm-hmm. Kathy, Isaiah, um, Kendra, um, Helen. Okay. Um, Derek. I don't, Derek. I don't know how old Dom is. Yeah, I'm not sure. I and, have to take a guess. I would think he's a little older. Over 50. Yeah, and, uh, and I don't know how old David, David O is. But five out of seven ain't bad. Yeah. Five out of, uh, five out of seven, under 50, that's, that's not bad. And a lot of them are under 45. So, yeah, I mean, it keeps getting better and better as you dissect the age uh, demographics in there. So, I mean, um, and I think it's important because young people, we need to be represented at the table. It's time. Mm-hmm. No, it's, it's like we've been looked over and excused from the table for so long. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So I think Isaiah, Kathy, you know, I think they're going to go and do amazing work. Amazing things. Amazing work. You know, so, you know, and, and also like Jamie Garcia, you know, like it's, it's, you know, it's just, Keep going on, like it's. We're going to have one of the best councils we, mm. I think, Philadelphia's ever wow. seen. Yeah. Wow, it's ever seen. So wow, that's good. You know, and just wrapping up. I mean, this was an amazing time to, um, and just wrapping up and talking to Andre. We really talked about the Working Families Party, but more so really about the work that the two independents have done. And Nicholas, and he really expressed who Nicholas was. And I haven't met them, so thanks a lot for even shedding. Get a chance to know were. both of them, like um, Nicholas. I'm sure, like he. He's he's a wholesome guy. I'm telling yeah. you, like, even when they came on the reach show, reach out to them. Like, you know, I always come unbiased already, but yeah. like, you know, I had people like I already, you know, people was telling me things and this, and you know, once they left, like once I, you know, once I started talking to Kendra and I started talking to Nicholas, I was like, all right, you know what, like they are really t- they they're they good cool. people. Okay. They're cool, mm-hmm. you know. Um, so. I would definitely get a chance to know both of them. I mean, Kendra's going to be a councilwoman for the next four years, so I would definitely encourage people to get to know her because she's one of your representatives. Yeah, yeah. like go down to city hall, get to know your representatives. Like they, I didn't know mm-hmm. until I was working for the city controller's office that you really can just walk right in their office. And yeah, like, yeah, yeah. They, I mean, you may not get exactly like right to them, but the right. chief of staff is right there. Yeah, right. The yeah. chief of staff is an extension of the person. Yeah, um, and these public officials, like especially like Helen Gim, like they're so visible. Yeah, like yeah. you can meet them at. The community event that's in your neighborhood. Yeah. Walk yeah. up to them. Don't be afraid. Talk to them. Yeah. You pay, like, when you pay taxes, you pay into their salaries. You have a right to have conversations with them. Mm. And anytime they don't treat you right, 
they got a re-election coming up. Wow. Well, right. <laughs> they got a re-election. It's voting power. Like, we have voting power. A lot of people don't. The power don't is amongst that. the people. Yeah. Power is yeah. amongst the people. I got one more question for you. Mm-hmm. So, and if you don't want to answer it, that's cool. So, the next mayor, it's been a lot of talk. And I know we just got through one election. But they mm-hmm. saying, you know, some of the front runners right now, Helen, Helen Jim, Sherelle Parker, Island Dom. That's what they're saying. Like, who... And I, if I'm missing somebody, let me know. But who, who out of those three, who would you want to see you as mayor? Maria as well. Oh, yeah, yeah. Maria, I yeah, Maria. Yeah, there's a couple of, I even heard, like, um, Cindy Bass, I think I heard. Mm. Um, so I, would, it, I don't see that happening. Though. Let's see. That's mm. six people. What I will say about that is. Um, Just being in the 8th District, because, like, I've seen, like, a lot of people not happy with her. I don't be, but, again, that doesn't always translate to, you know, Cause, I mean, she, I know she got a lot of votes. She had, she had an independent running against her with uh, Greg. Greg, uh-huh. um, and again, I don't, I don't know Cindy Bass, so I can't say nothing. But I'm just from from the people who I spoke with, like a, a lot of people who I spoke with about Cindy Bass wasn't happy. You know, what, what I'll say about 2023, which is going to be the year that we elect the next mayor, um, it's, it's it's a long way, right? Four years is a very long time, and a lot of things are going to shape up and happen in four years. That's that campaign manager. No, 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 no. But this is what I'm going to say. I'm going to give you an answer. No, the answer I'm going to say is that our next mayor will be a woman. Okay. I will say that our next mayor will be a woman. I think so too. Yeah, that's that's what I will say. Um, which woman? I think that we 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 got some time to decide which one it's going to be. Okay. But I think it's needed. Philadelphia's never had a woman mayor before, and I would love for Philadelphia to have a woman mayor. Um, I've seen it across the country. I would love for it to happen right here in the, mm. in the city that I was born in. So, that yeah. That's what I. That's what I do believe. That's so I'm yeah, not going to not like give you an answer and just like do that campaign right. thing. That was still a good one. That was like you know I like that. I like that. No, I was, that's I'm, that's the reality. Like because <laughs> yeah, like, the way I feel like now, I don't want somebody like bring up some video or some audio and be like use this. I'm like no. Well, hold up, we you were in a different political space then than we are now. So. Ask right. me that question going into the election cycle, and I can give you a much better answer. Yeah. But like, I just and I don't even know who the candidates are going to be, right? Because yeah. the thing is, it might be a woman in a race. Do you that, feel as though? So, are you saying that you feel as though we are ready for a woman? I mean, Absolutely. I think we're ready for whoever run. Yeah, I think we got to get out this mindset about being ready for this or being yeah. ready for that. We need to be ready for people to serve. Like, if you would have asked half the country in two thousand eight, they wouldn't have said that we were ready for no black person. Even black people would have told you like, mm-hmm. like we ain't ready for no black president. But what do ready look like? Mm. Somebody tell me that. What mm. what ready look like? Mm. We don't because we surely wasn't ready for Trump. Mm. But guess what? We got him. That's true. <laughs> like, That's true. Like, people always had this conversation about what's ready. If someone can give me a definition or or uh, uh, create me a picture of what ready look like, then I'll be able to answer that question. But that I'm so tired of hearing what we ready for. I'm ready for someone who cares about black and brown children. That's what I'm ready for. I'm ready for somebody who cares about our schools, care about the crime, he cares about the opioid epidemic. That's what I care about. I mean, but also being a city that has had black people on council, a majority of black leaders, why are we now speaking about this conversation? Like, why haven't we had people... Well, I don't think city council city council has always been the blackest. That's actually um, just been a democratic thing. But mm-hmm. did we actually going to have one of the blackest city council that we've ever had? Even when we had um, Mayor Good as mayor, we didn't have a black city council because had a black mayor. Mm-hmm. And um, so 
I, I mean, I think we can have that black conversation a little bit after these next four years. Mm-hmm. Um, well, I, I would like to be fair to them. Give them eight. Like, you know, two election cycles and see what they able to get, get done. Because, like, I don't know, you're friends with Kathy. And Kathy will tell you how long it takes to get a piece of legislation mm-hmm. drawn mm-hmm. up and mm-hmm. get it and get it voted on. Mm-hmm. It takes, you know, it takes a while. Mm-hmm. Um, a year. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, just to get it through the process mm-hmm. of it getting to the floor, right? Mm-hmm. So, um, but... I want to be fair to my black my black people, and okay. I just want to say like give them a little bit of time, and we'll see. Like you know, like this is a chocolate city, and we finally got a chocolate council, so I'm excited. I'm excited yeah. too. Yeah. You know, and I think that I and I ask the questions because there's a lot of people who still don't know what all of this is, and and what you don't know about me is that I ask questions unknowingly. Like I may know the answer, but I ask questions for them, right? Because mm-hmm. we're really here, and what we really do is, is, is talk to people who are really involved in our community, but I ask questions, because there's a lot of people who still don't know what any of this is. Mm-hmm. I mean, but we all know that all of this is much bigger than us, and we know that we have a responsibility to make sure that anything we do is for the greater good of Philadelphia, right? And for mm-hmm. the people of Philadelphia. So I thank you for really explaining and breaking down everything I think you and I was even also worrying about what you would say and what you wouldn't say (laughs) but but I think you really even gave us some real insight into how you personally feel um, Mm -hmm. and to kind of what's also going on as a younger person too we have a lot of young people who want to get involved and do the work they don't know how they don't know what they don't Mm -hmm. know where and they don't even know where policy sits right but I I, I heard you speak during this whole time about all those things. I mean, you touched on all those things, even how to get involved in volunteerism. Um, do you have any last things to say to our people that want to get involved right now? It's like Nike, just do it. Okay. Like, you, it, you got to surround yourself around people who have interests like mm-hmm. you, right? Mm-hmm. Like, I, I remember in 2015 when I was going through the Europe program as a participant, like, that organization um, – operates around technology and business, right? Okay. I, I interned at J.P. Morgan. Oh, wow. I realized that I didn't want to be you in corporate America. Okay. I didn't want to do corporate America. I was good off that. Uh, I knew I wanted to do, I wanted to be in a political arena, right? Okay. The first person I started out to meet was Isaiah Thomas. Wow. And four years later, I have a great relationship with him. Wow. Right? Like, so great to the point where he allowed me to, you know, to have some say on his campaign, wow. no, right? To, to be a representative of the campaign and be an extension of his candidacy. So, um, it's if you don't know how, find somebody who's doing what you what you want to do and ask them. Like, as a young person, it's not many people that's going to tell you, "I'm not going to take the meeting with you." Yeah, they yeah. they will meet with you, wow. right? And sit down, ask some questions, and be honest with them. Be transparent. The reason I'm able to sit here and have these conversations with y'all is because I've been through very, like, you know, similar experiences. Like, I've four years ago, I was in an experience where I didn't know how to get engaged. Like, yeah. I didn't know how to engage in politics. Yeah. I didn't know how to get started. And I'm like, that's not possible. I'm yeah. a young, a young black boy from 27 from Lehigh. Like, yeah. this isn't going to happen for me. Yeah. But it was. I guess it was like I got to find a way, right? Like, nobody got the Hollywood. By sitting in their hometown, right? Yeah. Like they had to travel there. They had to get there, and the journey makes it fun. Mm-hmm. Like you it know, what does. Saying? Yeah. you know, what I'm saying like it gives a chance for you to look back and reflect and be like, I really did this, yeah. and you know, I was a part of that, and yeah, yeah, like yeah. I seen this happen, yeah. and like when you see the newspaper article come out, you're like, I know exactly what was going on at that time, right? Yeah. Like so, like when so the day after the election, when I seen Kendra, like it's so many emails I've gotten from like other organizations, like Our Revolution, and like it's a couple other organizations that I, like I get emails from, and I see her name pop up, and I'm like. 
this is incredible. Like, yeah. right? Like when I see her like pop up on like TV and I'm like, this is amazing. Or like when I'm like standing next to like Nicholas at like a SEIU Raleigh and I get home um, in time to see the 11 o'clock news and I see him walking in the street and I'm like, mm. I was standing behind yeah, that camera. Yeah, like, yeah, no, yeah. like, so yeah. if it's anything in life that you want to do, even if it's not politics, first find out what your passion is mm -hmm. and connect with those. The power of networking is so essential. Mm. Find out who the players are, who's involved in that, and just go out and, and you know, and have conversations. And, and I just hope that you can get a mentor, like some of the mentors that I've had, the benefit of being, you know, underneath their uh, mentorship, and and just and, and appreciate those relationships. Like everything that I've had the opportunity to do, especially in politics, has come from an extension of a relationship that I've built over time. Mm. You know, if it wasn't for the uh, me volunteering for Doug Oliver, I probably would have never thought that politics was obtainable, yeah. right? So if, if I didn't think it was obtainable, I probably would have never came back next year and volunteered for Bernie Sanders. Mm -hmm. If I didn't seek out to meet Isaiah Thomas, I would have never been able to work on his campaign. If yeah. I never worked on his campaign, Working Families Party would have never considered me yeah. as an option right. to yeah. work, you know, for Nicholas. So yeah. this is, just I'm a walking testimony that, yeah. you know, meet people, yeah. talk to people, and have those conversations. Wow. So that's what I did. Wow. And I would, I would, you know, suggest that it can be done. It can be done. It can be done. And yeah. don't let whatever you've been through or the news that you receive, because I received a bunch of news. You know what I'm saying? Like, I'm, and I'm probably going to receive more news, right? Right. <laughs> but you guys got to go for what you want. Right. right. Isaiah is another one. Like, you know what I'm saying? He, this, he ran for council three times. Mm. He got no twice. The second time he got no, I know had to be the hardest no for him because he lost about 1,200 votes mm. in a citywide election. Mm. 1.5 million people can vote for you. And you lost about twelve hundred votes. Mm. That's that has to be, you know, yeah. hard. Like Nicholas, he lost by six thousand votes. Wow. Nicholas, like come back. Yeah, yeah. You you, you yeah. got forty three thousand votes. You yeah. lost by six thousand votes. Yeah, yeah. Like, yeah. no, like the sky's a limit for a lot yeah. of people, and it's room for everybody. It is. It's room for everybody. It's room. It so jump in, and you know, get a little dirty, and you know, start doing the work. All right, so you want to tell the people where they can find you at? Uh, yeah, um, so my Instagram is Mr. ADC. Um, I think it's Mr. ADC91. Um, and my Twitter, I guess, created a, a Twitter. Um, I've never been a big fan of Twitter, but I did create one. It's Andre D. Carroll with the number one at the end. Um, and my Facebook is Andre D. Carroll. All right. So, I mean, we definitely appreciate Andre coming on, man. This was a great conversation. Uh, Terrell, you got anything? anything no, to this say, was a, a very, very good conversation. I mean, just piggybacking off of Andre. If you want to get involved, young people, get involved, get involved, get involved. We will be back on, not next Sunday, but the following Sunday yes, as well. Yes. We will have a very interesting conversation. Um, once again, everybody be good. You can follow me on Instagram at Rel Carney in 1863. Rel Carney in 1863. Peace. And just, you know, just to piggyback off what Andre said, like he said, man, no matter what you want to do, just, you know, find the players in the game, you know, find out who's doing what, and I like just do it. Yeah, you know, just do it. Sometimes you just just do it. Yeah, with what you got, you don't stop waiting for the right moments. Stop saying, "Oh, I don't got this." I'll just do it. Do it. Be, you know, we gotta stop that. Wait your turn, moments. Wait your turn. Said. You ain't got the resources. So you ain't got that. You you got you got enough with you. Well, you gotta stop waiting for people to tell you we ready. Yeah, yeah. be ready. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Make, listen, I'm ready. Yeah. So you better get ready because yeah. I'm coming. Right. Just do it. <laughs>
So thank you everybody for tuning in to Get Up Ten. Like uh, Tarot said, we'll be back next, not next, the week after, uh, the week after Sunday. Um, so thank you again. You can follow me on Instagram at sturdy underscore nerd, uh, Facebook Ryan Jameson, and Twitter rd rdj underscore two one five. So thanks again, and we will see y'all in two weeks. All right.